are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Joshua chapter 6, and I promise you will just be very brief today. Joshua chapter 6. You have listened so carefully every time a man of God or woman of God has spoken to you. And on these last few moments is my prayer that God will continue to work. Thank you for the accepting the theme, step right up. And it's time for me. It's time for you. We're going to need to step up. Step up in your home. I was going to speak to you on another subject. I thought until early this morning, I was speaking to you about being an example Going home and be an example to your sibling. You know, some of you firstborn kids, you have a brother or sister that's watching you. Some of you that are now in eighth grade, you have a sixth grader watching you. You're in twelfth grade, you've got something watching you. And when you go home, be an example to the believer. Be an example in the home. Some of you ought to learn, and I'm not suggesting your parents are bad. Some of you ought to just be an example to your mother and dad. Some of you can get your parents back into church if they saw something's happened in my son's heart. Something's happened with my daughter. And, and we don't really want to go. We don't really want to be in church, but, but they want to, so I'm going to go. And you don't never, you'll never know what's going to happen in their life. So that's another message. But over here in Joshua, I was reading this morning, this thought. You know, chapter 6 of Joshua, there was a great victory. Can anybody tell me what takes place in Joshua chapter 6? What city was conquered by just walking every day around the city? And the last day they walked and they never said anything. They never did anything. Can you imagine two million Jews walking around the city? Can you imagine Jericho? They were looking at these crazy idiots. And the next day they get up again. They walk around that city on the outside of those walls. And the walls came down. What was the battle? The battle of what? Jericho. Jericho. Joshua fit the battle of Jericho. It was an amazing thing. All the people were sanctified. All the people were involved. All the people were in this thing. They were moving like a unit. Perhaps that's where your youth group is right now. Perhaps that's what's happened this week. There's a, there's a closeness that's happened. And oh, it's amazing. The victory's going to be won. But do you ever look at chapter 7? Would you read verse number 1? To the word thing, maybe a line or two or three. Chapter 7, verse 1. Ready? Begin. But the children of Israel. Just read it again, will you? But let's read it like independent, fundamental, temperamental Baptist. Are you ready? Begin. But the children of Israel. You know, when there was a great victory in chapter 6, there was a great defeat in chapter 7 because one man in the youth group still had some hidden sin. One person in the home could destroy the home. One person in the youth group could destroy the youth group. It's a canker. It's a cancer. It's something that will destroy that youth group because I'm not going to be willing to deal with me. When I was in high school, 
just a few miles from here. I lived in a little small city, but that school was the school of all these little cities of 2,500. So our school and our, our area began to grow, but we had about 3,000 students in our high school. The night I graduated, there was about 600 seniors. And I'd go to a public school, never heard of a Christian school. We had a large youth group, a great church, amazing pastor, pastor's wife, young people singing. Oh, I tell you what, it's just a, it was an amazing church, an amazing church. I'm so grateful that God allowed me to be in that church. And one day I actually began to pastor that church for about a year while I pastored this church. And it was just an exciting thing. And I had a Christian school there at a Christian school. I loved it, my home church. You know, some young man in this room may be the next pastor of the North Valley Baptist Church. You know, some young man in the youth group from Marion, Iowa, or from Washington, Iowa, may be the next pastor of that church. I mean, when you were a young person, there may have been some nights sitting in bed thinking, wouldn't that be awesome? But to preach? And I'm telling you what, I was going to public school and I was part of the cool crowd, you know, that large school. We hung out together. We sort of knew where we were on the wall. And boy, if you got to be on the wall, you were the cool guys. And I was the least of the cool, but I was with the cool guys. They let me in, you know. I guess it was my hair. I used to have hair, believe it or not. And it was great. Most of the athletes were there. It's just a wonderful thing. And they knew I went to Sunday school and Sunday morning church. But basically, a lot of the kids in our church school went to school, church. Now, they all smoked. I grew up in a generation, you'd stay at the, uh, uh, at the bus stop waiting for the bus. Air, girls had their cigarettes, guys had, smoking was a big thing. Everybody smoked, and they knew Jack wasn't going to smoke. But, oh, I wanted to smoke so bad. And, you know, I could find myself on the Wednesday night at church and Saturday working at the church and Sunday at church, loving church. I loved it. I loved church. And I love singing. And we would sing on Sunday night. And uh, I think of that song, School Days All Done. I like that song. Heaven Will Open. And I'd, I'd, I'd love church. And I'd be watching the clock. I'd think, oh boy, gotta go back to school. I wanted God. But on Monday, I wanted the world. You're looking at a guy that just had such torment in his life. I didn't want to do anything real bad. I did want to smoke. And I did want to drink. Not to get drunk. I just wanted to know what it felt like. And there was something very unusual that happened to me. It may not be in your life. I got ready. I found a pack of cigarettes one day. It was a Sunday morning delivering newspapers about 6 o'clock in the morning. Over here about 20 minutes from here, 25 minutes and I'll never forget, I told this story probably 30 years ago, and the man said, those were my cigarettes. He got saved here. He said, on the corner you described, every day, every week, I'd, I'd say, I'm going to give up smoking, and I'd throw a pack of cigarettes right there when I made the corner. And those were his cigarettes. He said, that was me. I said, thanks for tempting me back when I was 13 years of age, you know. But every time I got, I, I had opportunities about three or four times. And I saw my mother's face. And I saw my dad's face. I loved my parents so much. I just loved them so much. It's strange not having a mother or father. I just loved my parents. I didn't, 
I didn't refrain from smoking because I loved God. Even because I loved our pastor, though I did, I loved that sweet little lady and that sweet man. And young people, I, I was playing the hypocrite. You know, on Sunday, I'd, I'd get right with God. I really would because I wanted God. Amen. But on Monday, I was embarrassed that I was a Christian. Right. Something happened here in Israel after a great victory. And something's going to happen if you literally do not let God root out whatever it is still in your life on this day. In chapter number 7, verse 1, the Bible says that the children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed thing. In chapter 6, God says, this city is my city. It belongs to me. Don't you touch the silver or the gold for yourself. It's going to come to the house of God. All of it. But one fell, one man, his name was Achan. He said, I think I can touch it and get away with it. You know, you think you can get away with whatever you're still hiding. Nobody knows. It may have been like me, the, the hypocrite thing. I don't know what you're hiding. I don't know if I could be a teenager in this day with all the social media have right in your hand. I have a cell phone. I can get from the cell phone uh, baseball scores. I follow Mike Trout, his uncle, uh, a pastor, has preached here several times. And I just like, he had two home runs yesterday. He's up to 299. He's tied for the, uh, the, 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 he's tied for first place for most home runs. I like watching that kid. He's got a testimony of salvation. I just like, I just want, I like, I don't, I've not seen him in a game this year. I just like to follow the stats. I, I like to follow the weather. It's going to be 77 degrees today. I have different places. I can go to Washington, hit my, my phone app and say, Washington, Iowa today, it's going to be 147 degrees and high humidity. I just like, I like, I go to where my kids live, my grandkids, every day of my life. I look, okay, here's the weather in their city today. I go to different preachers that I love and care for so much, and I go to their weather every day. And I look at the, I look on Sunday morning, the weather, because I'm thinking, oh, Lord, I like it to be a beautiful sunny day everywhere. I can get a few things off. But my men on the staff, no, I don't have the internet access to things. And we have to hear, we, my men have to have it, the ladies have to have it, we do a work. But I'm scared to death. Amen. And here's what I'm scared about. Amen. I don't think if I was tempted with something wrong, I don't think I'm strong enough to control it. I think it'd get me. And the Bible says, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed, lest he fall. You know, our policy at this church it's one and done. It's the same as the United States military. If you go to a website that's forbidden, one and done. And on this ministry, if you make one mistake going to a site that you should not go, you've lost your job. Have to pass through this church 44 years. I don't want to lose this opportunity. So it's not because I'm a good Christian. I've had to put some barriers up in my life because I'm afraid I would not be able to say no because sin is powerful. And young people, you think, look, if I had a cell phone as a teenager today and that thing's starting to stumble you up, 
I'd get rid of it. When I, see how quiet it is? Because you don't want to get rid of it. But wouldn't you rather have a good wife one day or a good husband one day? Wouldn't you rather have say yeah, to your wife, I did not take pictures of my nakedness and send them to other students. That is a big thing happening in fundamental churches. We take pictures of our naked bodies and we send it to this girl or this guy. Guess what? That is forever gonna be around. And one day when you're right with God and you marry a right girl, she's gonna have to know that potentially she's gonna see you as a teenager in your nakedness. You don't pastor a good sized church for 44 years and not have the illustrations. I've only lost two or three with cancer teenagers. But I've lost several because their sin eats away at them and they take their life. And I've had them in the caskets. And I've preached their funerals and I've been there for the families and not one or two or just a few. I think if people have even come to college and they've taken their lives, one young man said to me, I'm up here in Montana, Brother Treber, I'm from the good Christian school and from the college and I went there and I, I thought I wanted to get out, be my own man and I'm miserable. Yeah. Little did I know, I said, now son, you come home at Christmas, you wear your military uniform. I, was, I stood him up, but little did I know when he went back, he said, I can't get over it. I've wasted my life. I said, you're just a kid. You're 20 years of age. You'll be done with the military. Get back here. And he said, I'm so despondent. Rented a car, bought a shotgun, went up on a bluff in Montana, blew his head off. Oh, his funeral was a hard one. Watching his mom and dad. And don't you ever take your life because it is the ultimate self trip. You care more about you than leaving a wound for your dad and a wound for your mother and a heartache for your siblings and they have to live with that the rest of their lives while you're out of your pain. I wanna say, here was a man by the name of Achan and he said, I can just take what belongs to me, but it didn't belong to him, it belonged to God. Ye are not your own. You've been bought with a price. Notice in chapter seven quickly. The Bible said it discouraged the leader, Joshua, verse six. He ran his clothes and fell on the earth because that next battle they lost 36 Jews. All because one, one guy ruined the youth group. One fellow Achan thought he could get away with it. And it affected someone. Your decision will affect your parents. It will affect your mother, your dad, your brother, your sister, your youth group. When we're wrong with God, it is like an infection. Notice what the Bible says. The Bible says, verse number 17, there's coming a reckoning day. And he brought the family of Judah. And one by one, that next day after that battle, he brought family after family. In verse 18, he brought the household, the household. Man by man and Achan. Achan, bring your wife. Achan, bring your children. I was preaching for my dear friend, Brother Wally Davis. We were roommates in college and his girls are members of this church. His grandsons are now seniors in a high school. He passed away at age 51 with cancer. He's buried right here in Santa Clara. I was preaching in probably 30 some years ago in Connecticut for him, large church. We had a contest, 
church against church, east against west. And then we traded pulpits and we came and preached for one another. I went to a beautiful hotel that he kept me in. And that night I was going to get ready for bed and brush my teeth and get ready. I turned the TV on. Just kind of want to see what had happened in America, maybe some sports, probably 30, I'm guessing 35 years ago. They had this new thing. It wasn't the internet yet, but they had, you could get these different channels. And I just turned it on, went and brushed my teeth. I came back and there was nudity on that TV. I'd never planned that to happen. I never, I never went looking for it. And I remember I began to tremble. And I shut it off. And I can re- never forget, I fell at the foot of that bed and said, Dear God, you know, I didn't, I didn't look for that. It was just there. I wept before God. I trembled. Before, I was shaking. We didn't have a cell phone then. And I called my wife. I said, Cindy, here's what happened. And she goes, well, honey, I, I, I know, I, I, try, I know. I said, yeah, but you don't understand. It just torments me. This just happened a few months. I, I would never want to do that to you. Amen. I said, I'm going to make a pledge to you right now. And again, it's not because I'm a good Christian. I'm afraid. Right. I'm afraid that I could get trapped in that stuff. Right. And I said, I promise you, whether it's a World Series or an NBA or uh, March Madness, I will never again the rest of my life, the remainder of my life, I stayed in hotels almost every week of my life preaching somewhere. I said, I will never, ever, ever again at home or anywhere ever watch a TV by myself again. You know, that's been so many decades ago now. Oh, I guess I missed the World Series, but you can't even tell me who won three years ago. But I can tell you this, by the grace of God, I've been true to that dear lady This December, we will have been married 47 years. I'm not a good Christian because I don't watch TV by myself. I'm afraid of what I might do. I'm just afraid. I don't want to hurt those grand boys that are here in this church tonight, today. I don't want to hurt my grandchildren. We have number 14 coming. And here's a man, he said, well, they, they said, Achan, and Achan said in verse 20, I've sinned. Well, look at verse 21. I saw the spoils. Watch what you see. The kids just said it here. First John 2, 15. The lust of the eyes. Watch what you're looking at. He goes, I saw something. And then he said, I coveted them. See it there, verse 20. I coveted. And thirdly, I took them. I saw. I coveted. I took three things. What did he do? I saw, I, and I. And you know, people, that's the, uh, that's the fight you're going to have. I want that. I, I'm going to stay out of Bible college because I want that new car. I've had a lot of new cars since the day we got married. And you know where most of them are? They're about that big now. They've crushed them. And they've melted them down for another new car. Sometimes you get your eyes, I need this. I need this bank account. I need the success. I need this opportunity. I need to do this. It validates who I am. Oh, I tell you what validates who you are when Jesus Christ is preeminent in your life. That in all things, he might have the preeminence. What are you hiding today? 
He thought he was going to get away with it. But you never get away with it. My observations, I'm done. One, he had a root problem. He desired for himself. He forgot about his wife. He went and took what he took and he hid it in his tent. You never notice that Adam and Eve, when they took, they hid from God. What are you hiding today, young people? Please, it looked like right here. What, what are you hiding? What, what's, what, what are you hiding? I'll guarantee in a crowd this size, there's drugs. They're at home, there's drugs. And it's so easy to get a hold of drugs today. They're all around you. There's some things that will mark this, and I won't even tell you so unless you don't know, but this will indicate there's drugs on this street right here. They're marked in every area. Sometimes they're marked in certain places with clothing or shoes or whatever it might be. There's drugs right here. You don't have to go very far to get drugs. They're accessible today. And you might be hiding drugs or drink or cigarettes or liquor at home somewhere. I remember that second time I was approached. I was approached by a relative, a young man my age, but he was a little bit older than I. I remember he was a preacher's son. Then he said, come here, Jack. And we went to the church. We went to the church parsonage. And behind the church parsonage was a, was a garage. And he pulled out all the cigars and cigarettes and all of it. And they all began. He said, come on, Jack. And I love the man to this day. And he later did become a pastor. But you know, there's someone that has something and you're hiding it from your mother, your dad. Are you hiding your pornography? There's no satisfying of pornography in a man's life or a woman's life. And the fastest growing group of people in pornography are women. I know a man that's been sentenced to prison a preacher of the gospel, not from, uh, from not far from right here. And his son, a great preacher, said to him, Dad, after several years, where, where did it start? How did it start that you come to the point to molest children? How did that happen? You didn't start there. He said, I'm here with pedophiles in prison and 100% with everybody who's here. It started with pornography because that doesn't satisfy. And then you take it to the next step, and that doesn't. And then you take it to violating children. And listen, let me tell you something. What are you hiding? It might be in your very home with a sibling. What are you hiding? I'm talking about your own home. You're violating someone as a teenager today. Achim thought he could hide it, but you can't. There's always a root. What's your root? Are you bitter at your mom? You're bitter at your dad? You're bitter at your situation in life? You're bitter at life? You're angry at life? You're bitter at life? You're carnal in life? What are you hiding? I look like a Christian, but I'm carnal. What are you hiding? Young man and young man together. Young lady and young lady together. The world's told you that's okay. Are you hiding it? God's word here was a man by the name of Achan. Achan had a root problem. It was all about Achan. I want to say secondly, quickly, he thought he could get away with it. Not only did he have a root problem, I can get away with this. But be sure your sin will find you out. 
I want you to see thirdly that in verse 23, he lost what he took. He went and got it. And I want you to see in verse number 25, why hast thou troubled us? Achan, you have hurt our youth group. You've hurt our, because you, you, you took what did not belong. Why, why are you hurting our youth group? On the bus, on the way home, on the plane, on the way, there's one of you that's going to sit in that seat, 25E on the plane or whatever it might be, back of the shuttle, front of the shuttle, and you want to get right with God, but you're still hiding something. And we think we can get away with it. And Aiken, Aiken was on the bus going home. He was in the van going home. He was on the plane going back to the church. But there was still something that, though he heard a great preacher in Brother Cooper and a great preacher in Brother Brown and a great preacher in Brother Swanson and great ladies that spoke the word of God and preachers that taught us and all these things that happened this week. And we heard it and we want to get right. But we're still on Thursday morning not right with God. What's your name? Well, it's Aiken. They took him out and they stoned him, but his entire family died with him. Let's stand together, please. Our Father, there's so much I could say about illustrations of having lived it for so long here. God, only you can reveal to the heart what still needs to be purged. It may not be some big, wicked sin. It may be it may be that we're lazy with the Word of God. We're not reading our Bibles and praying. The hands bowed. You say, if I come forward, everybody thinks I'm a fake and a phony. No, you know what the church is for? An invitation is for just to get right with God. One last invitation, there's something you need to get right. Some of you young people, by the sad thing, you're going to take your life, and it will go back to some root you never dealt with. Everyone I've ever buried that has taken their life, there's always a root. Many of them would say, Pastor, I, I'm, I'm just battling. I had it all, and I threw it all away for this. They can't live with it. Is there a root in your life? Don't get on the band with that root. Don't get on the bus with that root. Don't get on the plane with that root. I'm so mad. I'm so bitter. I, I'm, I, I'm, a, I'm a deceiver. I lie all the time. I can't tell the truth. Uh, I'm a phony. I, I feign myself to love the church and love God. And I, there's a part of me that does. But there's another part. I'm just, I'm just torn up inside. Now, folks, are coming. And I want you to know I, I would not be surprised if youth workers came just to pray for their kids. It's such an urgent hour. Some of you are in great Christian schools. Brother, Ru Brother Flood, they're still, they're still playing the game. Well, I don't like it here. And they force their parent to get them out of the Christian school. What are you thinking? Because there's some root that you haven't dealt with yet. I've pleaded with you young people. This is the, perhaps the last opportunity. Achan came to Jericho if he would just said no. No. But on that day he said yes to himself. 36 men died because of him. Don't let your youth group or your church and your pastor's ministry die because of you. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. 
May God bless you as you serve Him this week.